Hey folks, welcome to episode 15 of You Got This. I hope everyone's doing well out there yonder. If you're new, I appreciate having you here. And if you're a returning listener, I'm happy to have you back. Gonna do my spiel per use to make sure everyone is up to speed. You Got This slash UGT is a podcast where we explore authentic living, seeing things from a higher perspective, and how to balance taking care of yourself and the world around you. The U stands for universe or universal consciousness. And of course, it's a play on the word you with the Y, but you have permission to make the you whatever you want it to be. I'm your host, Asia Smith, and I'm a leadership educator, life coach, and intuitive healer. That's not a replacement for therapy. We keep it light on the podcast. This is for entertainment purposes only and meant to be a boost to help open and uplift your heart and mind. So if you feel or maybe you already know, (laughs) and that's okay, uh, that you need more than that. Please get a coach, see a healer, find a therapist that you can trust. There's resources out there for everyone. It's just a matter of getting curious about yourself and finding what works best for you. So if my style happens to resonate with you, then just listen to the sponsor message later in the episode and you'll know what to do. You owe it to yourself to do what you need to do that's within your means to keep yourself well, because it matters to me and it matters to the folks around you too. Okay, anyway, (laughs) I'll try not to take too long with the intro. Um, Just letting y'all know that we've uh, uh, already stumbling, just letting y'all know what we've got in the queue (laughs) for this week. And it's another excerpt from The Goat, greatest of all time, Oprah and her series, Super Soul Sunday. Uh, To date, the episode with Oprah and Carolyn Mace, uh, their chat about intuition, power, and grace, it has the most listens by far (laughs) out of the uh, 14, uh, now 15 uh, episodes of You Got This, you know, as far as that's concerned. And y'all already know I'm here to take care of myself and the world around me, which means I got to give the people what they want, right? (laughs) So all that being said, here's another talk from Super Soul Sunday that I thoroughly enjoyed. And this one is with Jack Canfield, who's first and foremost, an absolute gentleman, (laughs) just a very warm and inviting spirit. And he harbors such incredible wisdom, as do so many others out there. And that's what I'm here to help filter through uh, and share with you via this podcast. (laughs) But in terms of his career, or I guess I should say soul purpose, (laughs) he's best known as the co-creator of Chicken soup for the soul which is a really well-known brand that's primarily recognized for its book series um yeah for many folks in my generation (laughs) uh, i'm in my early 30s i'm considered a millennial we remember these books fondly i think the first one came out in the 90s so i remember being in elementary school and even middle school in the early 2000s and everybody talking about the books or having them as assigned reading (laughs) etc and um for those who may not be familiar with chicken soup for the soul the books in particular uh it's an inspirational book series that features stories about regular people's lives and it's received such a positive response over the years because of how it really opens up that muscle of empathy for readers and understanding life or learning about life from different perspectives simply putting and feeling yourself in other people's shoes yeah um if it's helpful for me to break it down even further (laughs) and word it in that way 
And in this conversation that Jack has with Oprah, uh, he talks about his principles for success and fulfilling your soul's unlimited passion, consciousness, and potential which of course ties in beautifully with the spirit of this podcast being universal consciousness, authentic living and achieving success genuinely. So go ahead and get comfy, sit back, relax and enjoy. Also, if you'd like, be sure to stay tuned for the energy reading after the sponsor message. Be safe and stay well. What do you believe is the true meaning of a success for you? Is it wealth? Is it power, privilege, status, or all of the above? Could it be success is really about fully realizing who you're meant to be? And what if you could use joy as your GPS to get there? Wow. Well, that's what we're talking about right now on Super Soul Sunday. Success coach and co-creator of the enormously popular Chicken Soup for the Soul series, Jack Canfield, is here. I believe you're not given a dream unless you have the capacity to fulfill it. That's a powerful super soul message. Jack's true passion is sharing a path to success that can only be achieved by embracing the highest vision each of us has for ourselves. My definition of success used to be being able to create whatever result you wanted. Now it's fulfilling your soul's purpose. In his book, The Success Principles, Jack says a huge step towards fulfillment is figuring out what makes you come alive. So you've been studying the principles of success for now nearly 40 years. You know a few things about it. I think so. You do. And one of the things I think that we talk about on Super Soul all the time is being able to honor that calling and follow whatever the path is for you. And what you teach is a path to reaching what you call the fulfillment of our soul's purpose, which is exactly what we talk about here. Mm -hmm. And everybody has that. It's, it's the same as a calling, right? True. Yeah. It's totally a calling. Yeah, the word vocari, vocation, means to yeah. be called in Latin. Yeah. And I believe we all have an inborn purpose that we were born to fulfill. And that when we fulfill that, then we achieve fulfillment, we achieve success, we achieve happiness, we achieve contentment, and we serve the world. I believe each of us is programmed to be of some service that the world needs for the world to work perfectly. So what is the best way, Jack, you have discovered to what you call tap into our essence and therefore tap into our success? I mean, because wouldn't the world just be such a more fulfilling and joyful space if everybody were doing exactly what they came here to do. Absolutely, every need would be fulfilled, every service would be there, everyone would be happy, everyone would mm -hmm. be, you know, everything would be handled. People would be mechanics that love to do mechanics, people would be bakers who love to bake, people would be cameramen who love to be cameramen. So my point of view is that, that we, can, we have the capacity to tap in. There are many, many tools for doing that. We, there's something called a passion test. How do you rank order your passions? I'm, a, I'm happiest and most fulfilled when I'm, and then you can rank order those and find your passions that way. Your passions are your purpose. I love the quote that says, don't look to do what the world needs, do to see what makes you come alive because what the world needs are people who've come alive. Yeah. And so for me- I think me, that's an old quote by Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman, that's yes. exactly right. And I think that, that each of us, you know, we are all born with qualities, Oprah, like my two qualities are love and joy. Mm -hmm. And my wife's are spontaneity and authenticity. You know, she's just the most spontaneous, authentic person. And she gives people permission to be themselves by being authentic and spontaneous herself. 
I inspire and empower people to live their highest vision in the context of love and joy. That's my purpose. And I've been doing that since I was a kid. Born in 1944 to Elmer and Ellen Canfield, Jack's parents divorced when he was young. His mother remarried, and to help make ends meet, Jack worked summers at the local pool and at a shop alongside his stepfather. He was a top student and earned a scholarship to Harvard and later went to the University of Massachusetts, where he earned his master's degree in psychological education. Jack then taught history at an inner city school in Chicago. It's there that he discovered his true inner passion for teaching and inspiring others. It's always been about inspiring people and organizations to live their highest vision. That's what I do. And when everyone finds that thing that they do, then they fulfill that purpose. So, you know, my definition of success used to be being able to create whatever result you wanted. Now it's fulfilling your soul's purpose. I love the quote that says, you don't want to get to the top of the ladder and find out it was leaning against the wrong wall. And a lot of people spend their whole life climbing that ladder and get to what they call success. They have the money, the fame, the fortune, the power, the influence, and they're not happy. And because they, f they climbed the wrong ladder, they were pursuing the wrong goals. How do you know what is the ladder for you and that it's up against the right wall? If you're experiencing joy as you're climbing it, I believe. Ooh, good. Yeah, I believe that joy is your internal guidance system. Yeah, that's what you call it, our internal GPS. GPS, exactly. And so we're either on course and we're experiencing joy, or off course and we're feeling frustration and anger and headaches and resentment and all of that. And there's a there's some of that in every job at some point where you where you have challenges. But you're right. Uh, I, I just you know doing what I'm doing here with you now. All those years of the Oprah show, not, it didn't matter what the show was, there was a level of knowing that in that moment you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. That doesn't mean there's no effort in life. It doesn't yeah. mean there's not times when you're going to have to do some difficult things. I know when I wrote this book, The Success Principles, I would start writing at 7 at night after I ate dinner with my wife and I'd go out into the office and sometimes the next thing I'd know I'd hear birds singing and I'd go, oh my God, it, the dawn's coming up. I've been writing for 12 hours. And it was work. But I was loving it. I was loving the craft. You were in the, the flow, Jack. I was in the flow, exactly. In the flow. I, I like, actually, how you even begin the book. Because I think uh, one of the things that I've discovered it, that holds people back is them holding on to the past. And you start out in the introduction of Success Principles uh, sharing that everything in the past has actually been perfect. Now, mm -hmm. when you first hear that or read that, it sounds, I know to a lot of people, ridiculous because they're thinking about all the things that have gone wrong in their life. You say everything in your past has led you to this transformative moment in time. Everyone, including you, has always, I love this, Maya used to always say this, everyone, including you, has always done the best they could with what they knew at the time. Mm -hmm. Now you're about to know more, celebrate your new awareness. It's about to set you free. Yeah, I believe that everything you've ever done was you were doing the best you could with the awareness, skills, tools, and knowledge you had at the time to meet a basic need. You know, whether people cheated on their income taxes or some kid joined a gang or someone did something, you know, that we'd say is illegal, they were trying to meet some basic need for approval, for connection, for belonging. If they had better tools and awareness, they would have done better. You know, it's one of the big shames of our prison system is that we don't teach people what they need to know when they come out to be successful. Yeah. We're punishing people rather than teaching them new awarenesses and new skills. Yeah. My belief is that the whole purpose of life is to gain mastery, 
master of our, our emotions, our finances, our relationships, our consciousness through meditation, things like that. And it's not about the stuff. All the stuff can be taken away. You know, people lose their fortunes, they lose their reputation, beautiful spouses die or leave you. But who you became in the process can never be taken away, never. You are mastering through the process of overcoming these obstacles that you face in life. Coming up, this was a huge bing, 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 bing moment for me. I believe you're not given a dream unless you have the capacity to fulfill it. That's a powerful super soul message. You don't even have a dream that you're not allowed to fulfill. And later, ah, I love this one. The uber-talented Grammy Award winner Bobby McFerrin shares his soul's purpose. Music can change a person's brain. I think molecularly it can soothe a person's soul. So much more Super Soul Sunday in a moment. In 1993, Jack Canfield co-authored Chicken Soup for the Soul, a collection of 101 short stories meant to warm hearts and lift spirits. 15 months later, that book made the New York Times bestseller list, and the world could not get enough. Over 250 versions followed, including 46 more New York Times bestsellers. Back in 2008, Jack and his partner sold Chicken Soup for the Soul. Today, Chicken Soup has become a billion-dollar empire, selling more than 500 million copies in over 40 languages around the world. So when you sat down and you, you, you all came together to write Chicken Soup for the Soul, did you imagine it would be as successful? Did you, did you, had you projected that for yourself? We intended it to be a best-selling book. However, we had no idea that it would become the cultural phenomenon. I mean, I have 50 cartoons on the walls of my office of cartoonists who've made jokes about chicken, chicken soup, soup the soul, yeah. you know? And I just learned, this is amazing, they've sold over 300 million books in China, and they're using the book in the classrooms to teach English, with English on one side and Chinese on the other. So you didn't imagine that? I couldn't imagine that. How could I imagine that? Yeah. Because isn't part of what happens to us all you, I, I call it, you surrender your dream to that which is bigger than yourself, I call it God. Mm -hmm. And then the combination of your dream and the energetic force of what is, you know, intended yeah. changes it. It takes over if you, if you allow it, but it's phenomenal. And I, I have to say that I, you know, the, the thing I take credit for more than anything in life is listening to my inner guidance. And something said, write those books, and I did. Something said, stop writing them, and I did. Someone said, write this book, and I did. Now, you also say that we're unlimited in our capacity and our consciousness for impact. Mm -hmm. Are we really all of us? I believe we all have unlimited possibilities to become pretty much anything we want because I believe you're not given a dream unless you have the capacity to fulfill it. You won't be allowed to have it. Now, you may need to learn new things. You may need to mentor, get mentored. You may Ooh. need to team That's up That's a powerful, super soul message. You don't even have a dream that you're not allowed to fulfill. Exactly, you, 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 you have the capacity, you won't be allowed to have the dream if you don't have the ability, the talent, the skills, that you'll, you may need to develop more skill, but you have the capacity to do anything you can dream up. You know, Napoleon Hill said, uh, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can, can achieve. achieve, yeah. And I totally believe that. It's been my experience with thousands of students. So, yes, thousands of students after, what, 500 million copies of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Right. And what's remarkable is, I think I read that it, you got turned down 144 times? 144 rejections over the course of about 18 months. Yeah, I mean, we went to New York. Here's a kind of funny story. 
we all got goosebumps when we had the idea. We said, this is amazing. We went to New York and nobody got goosebumps. We went 22 publishers over about three or four days. Everyone said, stupid title. Uh, people don't read short stories. Anthologies don't sell, which more yes. literary anthologies don't. Yes. But these were real stories. And um, they just thought the title was dumb, whatever. And uh, so then we went on our own. After our, our literary agent gave us the book back and said, here, I, I can't sell it. So someone said, go to the Book Expo America. And we went to booth, to booth, to booth, to booth for three days, sharing stories, telling our story, nothing. Last day, in the afternoon, a little publisher in Florida called Health Communications said, we'll read it. We couldn't even get anyone to read it. And they read it, and they called us and said, uh, we love it, we want to publish it. And we said, how many copies do you think you'll sell? And they said, uh, 20,000. We said, that's not our vision. They said, what's your vision? We said, uh, 150,000 by Christmas, which came out in July, and a million and a half in a year and a half. And they laughed at us. I'm sure you've had people laugh at your dreams sometimes. Yes, that's exactly. And they la he laughed out loud, and now he doesn't laugh anymore. He, he's... Of course not. <laughs> I had a guy, when I first got syndicated, Roger King, King World, uh, who's pa since passed on, and Michael King, his brother, just recently passed. Uh, but Roger told me that uh, when he was trying to sell the show in Idaho, mm -hmm. uh, that the a general manager of the station told him he could get a better number, a better rating, more audience by putting a potato in the chair. And it's it's been one of those fantastic moments, you know? You should so get a picture a, of a potato, a potato in the chair. Put it in the chair. <laughs> yeah, and so Roger went across the street to whoever was the other guy and sold the show to the other guy. So that's, yes. It's, it's actually wonderful to be underestimated. It is, actually. It is, actually. Because it, 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 you surprise people, and they're not, they're not resisting you so much when they underestimate you. Well, what's interesting to me is that you had that moment that I had actually with the Oprah show, where I reached a point where I thought, all right, what can I continue to say in this format that's different than what I've said before, mm -hmm. that, that I can still remain stimulated and engaged? I really just want to have the conversations that I want to have, create my own network and platform for doing that. So I just talk to people who I want to talk to. Mm -hmm and grow on. I call it growing your, yourself forward. And essentially, you did the same thing with Chicken Soup. You, you let it go. I did, I did. About, oh, I'd say 15 years into it, all of a sudden, it stopped being fun. In other words, I said, joy is your guidance system. Joy is your guidance system. I stopped system. feeling the joy. I was reading stories that should have moved me, and I wasn't moved. It's like I'd become jaded. Because you'd heard them. I'd heard them all, but it was good. I needed to move on. And so I, I, I just, we sold the company to a group in New York. And I took a year to kind of think about what I wanted to do. And I started realizing I wanted to do trainings again. And I wanted to write about success. And I wanted to share. I think what happened for me, Oprah, was I had achieved an enormous amount of success. And I wanted to share that with others. Coming up, do you ever feel like you're sabotaging your own success? Every time we judge someone else, it's just a projection of our own self-judgment, parts of ourselves we don't accept. Super Solars, I want to know how you define success. You can Facebook or tweet me, tweet tweet me even, your answer using the hashtag SuperSoulSunday. Best-selling author Jack Canfield has been encouraging people to live their best lives for decades. First with the blockbuster Chicken Soup for the Soul, and later in his celebrated work, The Success Principles. You have the power to create anything you want. 
literally anything. You can have it all. All you need to know is the key to unlock the lock. First published in 2005, the book describes how to transcend limiting beliefs and how to find success in the digital age. Jack's intention is to guide you to answer this big question. If I could live my ideal life, what would I be doing? So what are your favorite principles? My favorite principle? Yes. Well, first I have to give you a large answer and then I'll answer your okay, question. Okay. What's your favorite organ in your body? You can only keep one. I want to keep the heart. Good, but your body won't work without the liver, the kidney, the stomach, the eye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You need it all. So there's a system of success that I put in this book. There's 25 principles that are critical. It's about doing the you right thing. You need one, so it's not one thing. It's no. a combination. It's a combination lock, really. If you know the combination to a lock, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, young, old, male, female, the lock's gonna open. If you're missing one number, Oprah, the yes. lock won't open. Most people are missing numbers, and they have them in the wrong order. Yeah. It's about doing the right thing in the right order in the right way at the right time. That's why you call, you say at the very beginning of the book, learn the fundamentals. Right. And this is really, uh, the, the, the foundation and spiritual principle of the book is that there are fundamentals that you have to follow. Right. They're basically spiritual principles. They are. Yeah. And they're not taught in school. And they're not taught in school. Right. And if you follow that, that formula, you will succeed. Right. And there are no shortcuts to that. There are no shortcuts. Now to go back to your question and answer it in a more honest way, the first principle in the book, I think, is the most important one. It's the fundamental bedrock, and it's yeah. called take 100% responsibility for your life and your results. And there's a formula in there called E plus R equals O. Events plus response equal outcomes. Outcome, yeah. And, if, and everyone in, in life, when they don't get what they want, they're complaining about their outcomes. My kids won't talk to me. I don't have a job. I have a headache. Look at what happened to me, living in the past. Exactly. And then that's, that's my reason for my outcomes. But what what creates the outcome is my response to previous events or to current events. Events, E plus R equals, equals o. o. So an event happens. So let's say that Stedman forgets your birthday. And now you go, how would you feel if Stedman forgot your birthday? I would actually be okay with it. You would? Yeah, you know yeah. why? Because, uh, why? why? Because you're conscious. Yeah, because I'm conscious. Exactly. Okay. Okay. But most people would go, oh, I would feel bad because my husband, that means my husband doesn't love me. But you could say, someone who loves me forgot my birthday. Now I'm in concern, not feeling bad. Yeah. It's a different feeling. So the reality is we have choices about responses. And if we don't get the outcomes we want, most people blame the event. It's my husband, it's the economy, it's the president, it's the Wall Street, it's the weather, the traffic made me late. As opposed to saying, it's my response to the event. May I just say this too? Please. I think people get way too upset over people missing their birthdays. Exactly. Isn't it about how somebody treats you or how they feel about you all the time? Really? And not just that one, I, I can't get the, everybody <laughs> gets crazed if you, I actually have a friend who gets upset if you forget get, get, her, get the birthday and I'm like, but what about all the other days? Right. What about all the other days? Yeah, it's a 365 day year. I think that the important point of this is there's three responses you can have to any event. Yeah, there's that's your thoughts, the point we're making. There's the images you have, because fear is always created by having images of the future being bad. So if I imagine something bad in the future, I'm gonna feel bad. And then finally, it's your behavior. And how big a role does um, our own negativity play into what the future is? I know you write about gossip. You say, Gossip and judgment affect you too because you end up releasing a poison into the river of energy. I love this. 
that is set up to bring you that which you truly want. It's releasing a poison into the river of energy that's mm -hmm. set up to bring you that which you truly want. Right. And so every time we are negative about someone else, we are actually affecting ourselves. And the other thing that's important, you know this too, because I've heard you talk about it, is every time we judge someone else, it's just a projection of our own self-judgment, parts of ourselves we don't accept or parts of ourselves we won't give permission to express. And so basically, you know, the old thing when you're pointing your finger, there's three fingers pointing back. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell people is that whatever you focus on, you get more of. That's so right. if I'm gossiping about someone that I'm judging or being negative about, then I'm, I'm actually creating more negativity inside of me and I'm not focusing on what I want. And what I teach in the success principles is you always want your focus to be on what do you wanna be producing in life? What are your goals? What are the qualities you wanna be experiencing? And if you're not doing that, then you're wasting your time. You're not gonna to get to where you wanna go. You talk about uh, in a way that Eckhart doesn't, you say that the ego can actually be useful. I think it can. I think it can. I think the ego is a part of us that I don't think you can kill off. So for me, I think the ego is, is a part of us that we can say, okay, I'm gonna retrain you now to serve the soul, to serve the higher purpose, to serve our I, essence. Yeah, I call that being in alignment. Yes, exactly. Or Gary Zukov says, when the personality, can use the word ego too, comes to serve the energy of the soul, yes. that's when you're really authentically empowered. Yeah. When all of that, when you use that to line up, you use your big personality, I have right. a big one, you have a big one, right. to serve whatever your calling is, whatever you've actually come to do. Well, a laser light yes. is just coherent light. It's all the lights going in one direction. Normally our light bulbs are lights going all, all over the place. When you get it all coherent, you have a laser. So for me, Getting the ego and the, and, and the personality and all the functions, the intellect, the emotions, the body, all of that lined up in service. I, I use this image of an upside down funnel. So up here is the soul. and It's giving directives down to a little part in the middle down here. Think of it as a bullseye called the eye. So when I meditate, I am aware of inner guidance coming from my soul. And then I choose to use my intellect my body, my emotions, my intuition, my imagination in the service of whatever I've been directed to do. Coming up. Yeah, you were talking about what your definition used to be for success. Yeah. What is it now? Plus, the question Jack says we need to start asking ourselves, and it could be a game changer in your life. At the end of the day, I say, where could I have been more? Well, that's a good question. Where, can I, where could I have been more? Yes. So much super soul food. Don't forget to DVR the show or watch us again on supersoul.tv so you don't miss a moment. You were talking about what your definition used to be for success. Yeah. What is it now? Fulfilling your soul's purpose. And then you have to find out what is that purpose and then work to fulfill it. And that purpose can evolve too, by the way. It can, it can grow and change over time. So you have to be constantly tuning in. My meditation is tune in, get guidance, come out in the world, fulfill it, come back in, tune in. I do four different kinds of meditation. I never know which one I'm gonna do until I sit down. I might do a mantra. I know you do TM. Mm -hmm. I might do a... I, do, I actually do different kinds. You too. do too? Yeah, okay, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. So, I, so sometimes it's a mantra. Sometimes I sit, I do a tree of life meditation, which comes out of the Kabbalah tradition. I find that very powerful. 
sometimes I do Vipassana, which is just watching my breath. Yeah. You know, just being there and allowing thoughts to emerge and thoughts to go right. away. Well, you know, the title for Chicken Soup for the Soul came from a meditation. And I literally went into meditation and said, okay, I'm going to sit here for an hour a day for five days until I get a title. And on the third day, a hand came out, like a green chalkboard in the school, and it wrote Chicken Soup on it. And I looked at that and I said, what the hell does chicken soup have to do with this book? I'm a little irreverent with God. And so he's fine with it. And so basically it said, when you were sick as a child, your grandmother gave you chicken soup. And I said, but this is not a book about sick people. And then the voice said, people's spirits are sick. This was 1993, two, there was a recession going on back then, first Gulf War, and people were downsizing, mortgages were being lost the same way as recently. And I went, chicken soup for the spirit. They're all in resonance. Chicken soup for the soul. And that's when I got goosebumps. And for me, goosebumps are God bumps. I know that when I get those, that's, I'm on. That's a somatic intuition that says, right on. And um, of course, no one got goosebumps in New York for a while, but eventually. Eventually. Eventually they did. After 144. Rejections, right. Rejections. And never give up. That, that's so important. Never, ever give up. And so you also believe that there is power in measuring or listing our successes and our goals. Mm -hmm. Do you still do that? I do. I, I On call a daily basis? A, I yeah. call it keeping a victory log. And I also and I write down my victories. I don't do it every night. Sometimes I do what I call the mirror exercise, where I actually talk to myself in the mirror. So I would say, Jack, I want to acknowledge you today for the following things. And I would acknowledge myself for anything I accomplished, any temptations overcome. My big thing is surfing the internet too long. It just I need to get sleep and things like that. And then any, any disciplines kept, like yoga and meditation, things like that. And then I end with, I love you. And for a lot of people, they can't even say I love you to, your, to themselves without freaking out. They, they choke on it. And so I believe you cannot let in more love than you... Can, can you, get. You can't, you can't let in more than you can give to yourself. So basically, what I do is I do an evening review where I, at the end of the day, I say, where could I have been more? And I'm working on a quality all the time of love, compassion, joy, courage, whatever. Where could I have been more loving today? Oh, in the bank, I got really upset with the teller because the line was too long. And then I replayed in my mind the way I would have liked to have been had I been more conscious in that moment. So I'm laying a blueprint down for the next day to be more loving. And then finally, I Ooh, do... Well, that's a, a good question. Where can I... Where could I have been more? Yes. Yeah, I whatever it is. Loving, compassionate, patient, Where could assertive. I have been more? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, you'll always get an answer. You'll always see where you could have done it better. And I think, you know, a lot of us just think you just naturally are loving or naturally are this. I think you have to kind of intend it. You have to... You can want and to create And that's where... That. Why... Where I could have been more... That's why tomorrow is another day, Scarlet, and right. you get another chance. Right. Get exactly. another chance to get exactly. it right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think, too, the other thing I teach people to do is to, um, to visualize the next day the way you want it to go before you go to bed. Yeah. And visualize your goals. I have affirmation cards of my goals. And I mm -hmm. read through them and visualize them. Because what we know from the research is that whatever you think about, talk about, read about, watch on TV about right before you go to bed, your subconscious will play more often through the night than everything else that happened during the day, except traumatic things like your cat got injured or something. And so you want to take advantage of that. I know. That's why. Isn't the news not good for you going to bed? The news is terrible. You know, what, first of all, what is the news? It's the same news every night with different names. There was a murder. There's a hurricane. It flooded here. There's a fire there. And then you're, you're processing that all night long. 
I know. Which I bringing into your consciousness is just, to me, the worst possible thing Absolutely. you could do before going to bed. Coming up, what has been your greatest reward in all of this? Wow. And later, Grammy winner Bobby McFerrin on finding harmony inside in this week's Super Soul Short. The hardest thing is to really find your genuine selves, because that's what people want. You will, you will be a success when you find that. Back in a moment. Why do you think we are all here? You know, I used to think there's one answer to that, and, like, and I used to always look for what is the one answer and yeah. find that one teacher. Yeah. And I think different teachers are teaching different things. You know, like, like the Abraham work is all about joy. Other people are saying it's all about balancing karma. Other people are saying it's about learning and mastery. And you're kind of attracted to the teachers who are teaching what you need to do in this lifetime. But I think I think we're here. But to... isn't everybody? There's just different. You, you can call the. You can you call it success principles. I think it's all about like a guide to how how to lift your life to where it can be. Yeah, you know, I read a book called Life After Life by Dr. Raymond Moody when I was in graduate school. So I read that book too. Yeah, I love that book. And there was this one story about a guy who was you know he left his body, went through the tunnel, and met the being of light. And the being of light, you know, basically showed him all the places in his life he wasn't loving, and he had to look at that and feel the pain of that. And then he asked him two questions. How did you expand your capacity to love, and what wisdom did you learn from this life? And I thought, wow, that's the final exam. And nobody's, that is. And nobody's teaching for the final, you know? So I started, made a commitment. I was in graduate school, and I said, this needs to be taught. And that was when I, re I committed to teaching about love and about wisdom. So this book's about wisdom. The next book I'm going to write is called Love or Fear, The Only Choice That Matters. That is it. Yeah. That's yeah. a great title, too. Yeah, thank you. Because there, there really are only two choices, and you're either moving in the direction of love... Right. ...or you're... You're moving away. ...moving away. It's a binary choice at all times. So what is the quality that you most admire in other people? I think three qualities, love, joy, and excellence. I really love people who are committed to excellence in whatever they do. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a guy who was a traffic, um, he, he led, you know, when you, there's construction and they have to wave mm -hmm. you on or stop you. Mm -hmm. He did it with such grace, with such a plum, it's like a ballet artist, you know? I mean, he just took it to a, to a whole other level. The level of excellence that you've committed yourself to, that I've committed myself to, that uh, Ichak Perlman's committed himself to. I just am in awe of excellence. Doesn't matter what it is, I'm just... Uh... Yeah, and I, I'm like you. I really am in awe of it when I see people doing simple things really well. Mm -hmm. Really, really well. I mean, it's the person behind the counter at the cleaners who does that with such a joyful spirit that you can't wait to go pick up your clothes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone once said to me, you want to be the kind of person, if you were a plumber, that when the person that met you was walking away, they'd be thinking, there must be some plumbing I need done. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. What do you see as the world's greatest wound? I think the greatest wound we've all experienced is somehow being rejected for being our, our authentic self. Mm. And that as a result of that, we then try to be what we're not to get approval, love, protection, safety, mm -hmm. money, whatever. And that the real... The real need for all of us is to reconnect with the essence of who we really are mm -hmm. and reown all the disowned parts of ourselves, whether it's mm -hmm. our emotions, whether it's our spirituality. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all go around hiding parts of ourselves. And, you know, I was with a Buddhist teacher 
a number of years ago, we were co-leading a seminar, and he said at the end, he said, let me give you the secret. If you were to meditate for 20 years, this is where you'd finally get to. Just be yourself. Let be all of you. And how do we do that? By working on ourselves. I think meditation is probably one of the, the most important ways, because when we meditate, things emerge into our consciousness that we may have buried, parts mm -hmm, of ourselves mm -hmm. that we've, we've put, put aside. And um, I think, you know, human potential trainings, I'm a big believer. I've taken over 600 trainings. Uh, literally, I, I, when I first got into this, I was living in Chicago, and I met a guy in a laundromat, and he talked to me about this workshop that was happening. I went, okay, I'll go. And I took 37 weekend workshops that year. Oh my goodness. It was as if I was living in a desert and was starved for water, didn't even know water existed. And any, I would assist, I would do anything so I could get in for, I was mm -hmm. a graduate student, I have a lot of money. But I was like, wow. I grew, I, I learned who I was. And, and now you do them. And now I do them. All like, over the world. I do. Yeah. And so what has been your greatest reward in all of this? Wow, watching people's lights go on in their yeah. eyes. And one of the great things about this entire book, it's like if you if you followed every principle, of course you would be ultimately successful, but it's they're layered. So you try you do one, then you do another, and then you add another and you add another, and before long, you know Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Coming up. But is every person meant to be successful? Plus, young artists get a masterclass with the legendary Bobby McFerrin. Bobby treated us like equals, like artists, and let's just create together. Super Soul Sunday will be right back. Do you have a definition of God for yourself? I think God is all that is. God, you, know, you said that which is, I loved your phrase, that which is bigger than all of us or something yeah. like that. I think God is consciousness, and it's a sea of consciousness, mm -hmm. and we're like a point of consciousness. I know mm -hmm. you use the word cup of the ocean, yes. you know, and for me, that's oh, it. Oh, I we're can all... see you watch. Hello. I do, I do, I do. Okay. I told yeah. you I did. Um, but basically, we're all individual points of consciousness in the ocean, and we can either identify as being a drop of water, mm -hmm. or we can identify as I'm the ocean, mm -hmm. and I, God is the ocean for me. It's, the, it's infinite intelligence that manifests itself through everything. And I think God is evolving. And we are the cusp of that evolution. Yeah. You know, consciousness is evolving. God is evolving, just like you and I evolve. And so he's evolving, he, she, it, through us. We are the, we are the cutting edge of evolution. That is a cool idea. And if we don't fulfill that, if we don't step into that and allow ourselves to be that, we are stopping the evolution. We, are, we can't stop it, but we're slowing it down. But is every person meant to be successful? Every person is meant to fulfill their purpose, yes. Now, that doesn't mean everyone's gonna live in a big house. Yeah. Some people wanna be poets and live in small little houses in New Hampshire in the woods. Some people wanna run a little organic farm. That is a great success. Raising two healthy children in our world today, that's a huge success. Staying sane in a crazy world is a success. Yeah. Thank you, Jack, for my coming pleasure. over. Thanks, my neighbor. I love you. Thank you. Thank Can you for hug? coming over. Okay, let's have a hug. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was so sweet of you to come. 
This podcast is sponsored by Authentic Service Group, an organization empowering young adults to explore their potential and achieve success genuinely through virtual life and leadership coaching, community engagement, and networking events for emerging leaders in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area and beyond. For more information, visit AuthenticServiceGroup.org. No matter what life throws your way, you've got this. Hey there, welcome to the energy reading for episode 15. Super grateful to have you here. Gentle reminder if this isn't your first time and a heads up if it is, these are general collective readings rather than being one-on-one, so it's possible what comes through may not apply to you, and that's okay. That just means the guidance in this particular reading might be messages that someone else out there needs to hear, and maybe the next one will be for you. You have permission to take what resonates from this reading and leave what doesn't. Before we get started, let's all just take a deep breath. Hmm, (laughs) that was nice. Energy is all good over here. Got my candles going and all that jazz. (laughs) So if you need a minute to get everything set on your end, feel free to pause and do what you gotta do and come back when you're ready. I've already blessed and shuffled the card decks I'm using for our energy reading. So just a quick shout out to the artists before we get started. We've got the Universal Weight Tarot by A.E. Weight and Pamela Coleman-Smith, the Sun and Moon Tarot by Vanessa DeCourt, The Daily Crystal Inspiration Oracle by Heather Askenasi, The Sacred Destiny Oracle by Denise Lin, The Angels and Ancestors Oracle by Kyle Gray, and last but certainly not least, in honor of Indigenous Peoples Day, which was this past Monday, October 11th here in the States. We're also tapping to my ancestors a little bit with the Native American Tarot by Magda Gonzalez. All right, folks. Let's see what's in the cards for us today. Okay, I'm going to kick us off with the Universal Tarot. We're on our quince (laughs) or our quinceanera. Um, Yeah, and and you know what? If, oh, hold up. (laughs) Card blew out. Okay. So, uh, oh, I'll take these two. I'll stop there with the Universal Tarot. Okay, let me get back on track. <laughs> so oh, what I was going to say um, is, in case there's anyone tuning in where you don't know what a quince is, I just thought about it. I don't want to assume. <laughs> it's the educator in me. Um, but yeah, it's just like a sweet 16 um, here in the U.S. Um, but, but it's the 15th birthday for a young lady. It, it signifies... Um, the transition uh, into womanhood. And it, so it's celebrated in many Latin American cultures and, and elsewhere, <laughs> to be frank. And of course, here in the U.S., you know, for folks um, where culturally, you know, it's it, it's part of who they are. So, yeah, we're on our quince. <laughs> Happy quince. And it's, yeah, it's actually, I think it's good for me to pause at this point Um because, yeah, and, and I'm going to keep shuffling the cards. You're going to hear noise in the background, people who are new. And that's me uh, doing additional 
shuffling of the cards. Um, so we get random messages that fly out from spirit and I'm, I'm feeling called to shuffle a little bit more with the universal. Ooh. Oh, okay. Now I will stop there. <laughs> I felt called to shuffle till I got more and two more flew out for me. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, just wanted to pause and uh, for the, for our quince. <laughs> and yeah, just acknowledge, um, you know, uh, returning listeners, whether you've listened to one or a few episodes or even all of them up to this point. I'm just so grateful <laughs> for your time listening. And if you're new, I'm really grateful to have you here as well. Um, yeah, this is fun for me to do. This is a, a, a great outlet. And um, I'm glad even just a few folks out there are getting a boost from it. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm going to stop rambling and keep going. But <laughs> just just wanted to say that. Thanks for holding space for me. And I'm going to continue to hold space for you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have five cards that came out from the Universal Tarot. And we have... Uh, and, and this is actually cool. Many of these are, are upright. We've got the Ace of Swords upright, the Emperor upright, the Two of Cups upright, the Queen of Cups upright, and then in reverse, we have the Six of Pentacles. Um, okay, cool. And if you're new at, of course, refreshers galore <laughs> for returning listeners, but yeah, to fill you in if you're new, if a card is in reverse in tarot, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that there's some resistance to what the card means when it's upright. Um, I think it's really interesting, just as I'm looking through this, looking at the elements that we got, we have swords and cups and pentacles. Swords is air energy. So that's thoughts and mindset and communication. With cups we have, and, and with swords, we have the ace of swords. With cups, we've got the two of cups and the queen of cups. <laughs> uh, that card has appeared in a few readings. Um, cool. We got the queen here again. Hey, queen. <laughs> and with cups energy, that's water uh, in tarot. And so that's thoughts. Uh, oh, my God. No, that was swords that I just said. <laughs> cups uh, with that water element. Um that's emotions and relationships. And then pentacles that we have here with the six of pentacles in reverse. Pentacles is earth energy. So that's our physical reality, material possessions. It could have to do with work and, and things like that. Like what, what we can see, you know, kind of like the outside world. Um, yeah. And we've got some major arcana and minor arcana in, in here, uh, mainly minor arcana, but also just to make sure the levels there, there's level setting <laughs> with what to expect for new folks. This emperor card that we have here is what's considered major arcana. So it, it's a major theme that might appear in a tarot deck. And when it comes out in a reading, it, it, it sets the tone. This is really what we pay attention to. Um, and then the other cards that are the minor arcana. So those are the cards that have cups, swords, pentacles. There's also wands, which hasn't shown up yet, but maybe it will <laughs> a little later in the reading from one of the other decks. But yeah, those become more of, of you know, kind of descriptive, you know, they, they take more of a descriptive role. Um, cool. So having the emperor here and really, you know, sort of focusing on this the emperor is a really good card and the Roman numeral on this card is the number four and foreign numerology is about um, 
balance, stability, and could also have to do with, you know, work or, or building something. So I think that's interesting since we do have that earth energy here with the six of pentacles in reverse. Um, but the emperor upright, it, it typically signifies someone who is a, a great leader <laughs> could also, um, you know, indicate a father figure of some sort. Um, but what I will put out there, it, especially for new folks who might be tuning in with this card or any of the cards that come up in an energy reading, don't pay too much attention to the gender, if at all. <laughs> uh, take it how it resonates for you. It's all about the energy, not necessarily the, the gender. And so it could be male, female, non-binary. This emperor, <laughs> it, it could be could be anyone. Take it how it resonates. But this is definitely someone who... Um, is it, it, who who's I don't even know if I I'd say you know a, a humble leader per se, um, but I feel called to say that based on the artwork in the card. Like the this emperor, this gentleman that's here in this card, he's sitting in his throne and just his demeanor. It it looks like he's relaxed um, in his throne. It's it 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 almost indicates that there's a sense of responsibility. Yeah in being in the emperor mode. But I think what we also know about the emperor, there's, there's, you know, perhaps a, a little bit of a flash to it. Like, you know, I'm looking at what uh, this emperor is wearing and just his crown and all his gear and everything like that. But yeah, but, but yet he still looks steady, you know, in this, in this four, you know, this Roman numeral four, this emperor energy. Um, yeah. And also, I know I mentioned the responsibility piece, but even to go a little bit further with that, like protecting and defending and providing that vision of, of like what that plan's going to be <laughs> to, to really stay safe, you know? Okay. And then, yeah, just with ace of swords, two of cups, queen of cups. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm getting from this so far is that, whoever I'm picking up on, or, or perhaps, you know, maybe somebody that you're kind of tapping into, you're getting some insight into what they're going through. They're, they're really trying to kind of stand or, or sit <laughs> on their throne, you know, really sort of be in, uh, in their power. Perhaps we could even say sort of like presenting their best selves or being or becoming their best selves. Like uh, typically in tarot readings, when the emperor card comes up, that's another card I, I mentioned in our last reading for anyone who's returning when there's the queen of cups, which we have here, <laughs> we got the queen when there's the queen of cups and the king of cups, both that appear in a reading, we consider that like the, you know, both partners being present in that reading and the energy so strong, quite often it just automatically takes a turn for being a romantic reading. And that often happens with the emperor card and the empress <laughs> card when those two cards come out as well. Um, but you know, I'll even put out there, uh, at, like just to be inclusive, there are so many, you know, different relationship dynamics. And so, so let's say there was the, the queen of cups and the king of cups, for example, if we also saw a king of pentacles and a queen of pentacles, you could consider that like additional energy that that's equal, you know? Um, but yeah, we've got the emperor card here, certainly very strong and stable, protective, um, noble, regal, you know, uh, that sort of energy is here. And perhaps, you know, who I'm picking up on is in this energy. <laughs> um, 
because we got this queen of cups and it's like, okay, like, you know, really trying to, yeah, I I think perhaps make a, make a good impression on this queen of cups, which could be male, female, non-binary, but queen of cups represents energy where like a very emotionally stable, um, and fulfilling partner. Um, and when the queen of cups isn't considered a partner and, you know, just kind of an individual card on its own, um, it's, it's someone who's very emotionally generous and, and, very easily able to hold emotional space for others or, or help other people, you know, like from that queen energy. Um, I think really sort of tap into that emotional space. It's a very loving energy. (laughs) I guess really that's what I'm trying to say. So yeah, seeing the emperor here and the queen of cups, Honestly, what I get from this so far, especially with the Ace of Swords being here, which this is a good card. It indicates some sort of a of a starting point um, or even a message from spirit like, oh, this is a good time, like mentally from that swords air energy to to like really cultivate an idea or move forward with with a thought or like a mindset shift, you know, like ace that represents the number one it's like okay like new beginning it like time to get started and perhaps that's the energy that you're in and making some sort of shift in that emperor energy and with the two of cups we have queen of cups with water also two of cups and two in numerology is about mirroring balance could also have to do with partnerships (laughs) too so yeah it's just really interesting how all that's here but it, it really is about balance and in particular um some sort of emotional balance or or some sort of a a compromise of sorts. It, it could represent that as well. And so, yeah, being in that emperor and in that leader energy, like I, I think what I'm picking up on is that whoever this is for, you know, they're really being conscious about being fair and perhaps making a decision as well with two and that balance that, that has to do with emotions doing so. Um, I think just from a place that, is mm, I'm trying to figure out the right word to to use and I'm trying to tie it in with the ace of swords but yeah I think perhaps this emperor energy is trying to weigh out options of how to either think about something or like brainstorming some sort of like approach (laughs) and the way that I'm seeing this is that what you're trying to approach perhaps, or, you know, what, what that goal is, maybe we could even say it's the queen of cups, (laughs) however that resonates for you. And then I think what's really interesting with the six of pentacles in reverse, six in numerology represents love and harmony and relationships, which is like, that's totally kind of sort of the energy I'm getting from (laughs) the spread so far. But I do want to put out there with love, harmony, relationships, you have permission to take it in whatever context it resonates for you. So it could be romantic, could be platonic, familial, uh, business, <laughs> take it how it resonates. But for some reason, the six of pentacles is in reverse. And, and what I almost pick up from this is that maybe there's some, there's something there where there's either a resistance or whoever's in this emperor energy maybe is, is unsure or uncertain. Um, Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, usually with the Six of Pentacles when it's reversed, I don't want to say that it indicates any sort of material or financial um, imbalance or mis misfortune because it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that. Actually, usually it does not mean that. <laughs> but with the Six of Pentacles being in reverse, what I what I actually am getting from this as it relates to this reading and all the other cards we, that we've seen so far, I almost think that who I'm picking up on in this Emperor energy. Or it could be even whoever's in this Queen of Cups energy because, <laughs> you know, like it maybe the Queen of Cups who's here is feeling this way as well. But something as it relates to Pentacles like that, either physical reality situation or Pentacles in terms of material possession situation, like what you feel you have in terms of assets or being able to provide. So take it how it resonates. Um but there's some sort of resistance or feeling that it maybe isn't isn't enough uh, per se in order to fill <laughs> maybe these two cups, you know, that are that are trying to balance. You could even say that this emperor energy here and this queen of cups energy here, like whether it's the same individual embodying these and figuring out that balance or two different individuals, you know. Um, Maybe something that's kind of underneath the surface that is just to be considered. And I think with going through the rest of the cards in the reading, it's going to clarify things. I'm already spending too much time <laughs> just on the Universal Tarot. But this reverse Six of Pentacles, it's interesting that it's here. And what I'm picking up on for now is that this is maybe a limiting belief. It might be a limiting belief. And maybe that's why with this Ace of Swords, that card is here where it's like, okay, like it's, you know, it, now is a good time to just start with the mindset shift and really focus. Yeah. And if that is a limiting belief with, you know, that Six of Pentacles being in reverse, maybe you think you're not quite there yet with that harmony that you're looking for <laughs> in either your environment or just with what you have or what you're building. There is the potential to get to that Two of Cups uh, for sure. Um, and we've all been there where maybe we felt a little bit like the underdog. <laughs> um, it's, so that's just a very real part of life. This actually uh, ties in uh, a little bit with the last episode. It, we kind of like ended off where like self-worth, you know, um, came up a little bit. So I almost wonder if this card being here kind of randomly is <laughs> almost spirit's way of like just bringing that message in here since it got cut off a little bit um, in the last reading. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Take it how it resonates. I'm going to move along to the sun and moon tarot next. Whoa, <laughs> almost like dropped all of them. All right, let's see what we get from the sun and moon. Oh, um, one card flew out, and I think I'm just going to go with that one. Yeah. Okay, we have... Oh, interesting. So we have the chariot that came out from the sun and moon tarot, um, and, and it's in reverse. So the chariot card, it, what the chariot indicates is someone who is feeling... Um, 
I think like they are motivated and propelled enough to, to like make movement. Like even with the artwork on the card, with this particular card, there's a gentleman here and he's, I think he's riding on the back of a bull. I think that's what it is in, in the sun and moon tarot. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he's, he's moving towards something. It's almost like, okay, like you're ready to, you know, forge ahead um, on this journey. But with the card being in reverse, there, this could indicate procrastination <laughs> of some sort, uh, or, or resistance to like, to that movement or making that mindset shift or, or that change that maybe you want or need to make, um, as it relates to, you know, that, that two of cups and really balancing, you know, the emotion and relationships, partnerships perhaps, but yeah, with the chariot being in reverse and this also being a major arcana card, this is like, uh, a, you know, a little, a little boop <laughs> of like, okay, there's definitely, um, some sort of, there's some hesitancy or a block, or as I said, procrastination with, really moving forward on that chariot and just being kind of like, you know, full steam ahead. And perhaps it is because of that reverse six of pentacles, um, that came out in the universal tarot. So uh, I, for some reason, it's just processing to me as like limiting beliefs as it relates to some sort of like physical situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe, I don't know, it, it, it's holding you back a little bit. And I think, I think as we continue to go through the cards, this will make more sense, but that, that's what I'm getting so far. Hopefully y'all are with me. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go with the Native American tarot. Gonna use this as like a bridge <laughs> from the tarot to the oracle, since this is kind of like a blend of the two. Um, and that's why I like it. <laughs> it's not quite traditional. Uh, let's see, oh, oh. Uh, Okay, no, that's too many cards. <laughs> shumbling, fuffle, oop, shumbling, fumble. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, for returning listeners, one of my quirks is me stumbling over my words anyway, but um, something I've also mentioned when anything happens during a reading, it's, it's that's something that I take into consideration. So whew, again, that happening, uh, maybe there's, a, a communication challenge or a challenge with outreach, reaching out, communicating, you know what I mean? Um, and again, it could be that reverse chariot from the sun and moon tarot and that reverse six of pentacles from the universal tarot. There's something, there's something there um, that could potentially be a block. And yeah, I mean, this, this ties into <laughs> the very last episode, just, yeah, where it ended on the self-worth piece, really just kind of coming up here. Something perhaps related to self-worth is what's keeping you in that reverse chariot energy, you know? Uh, like, despite being in that emperor energy, there, like, there's still this reverse chariot where, like, somewhere, like, something's holding you back. Yeah. Okay. So I got a card from the Native American Tarot, and we have... Ah, oh, the warrior of pipes. Okay. Cool. Okay. So if we were to equate this to tarot, um, we could, you know what? Let's equate this to the knight of wands. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely equate pipes to wands. Um, and so 
Well, actually, the interesting thing is quite often when I do readings and I use this deck, whenever um, blades comes up, then I equate that to swords and that being air energy. But it's interesting for this with pipes, because if you're thinking about pipes in terms of the instrument, then, you know, of course, you would think that's the air energy. Um, but I actually equate pipes in this deck uh, to to wands. Um and part of that is because of the artwork on these cards and then also just kind of how things like sort of add up. And because um, just, you know, culturally speaking, just with indigenous cultures, with the pipe and what it represents with communication and just just how much it contributes to that connectedness. And even, you know, if you think about storytelling and, and things of that nature, wands that represents passion energy motivation really where i'm trying to go with this <laughs> is that pipes does equate to wands because it has to do with really kind of that movement and oh this doesn't make sense i wish you could see the artwork on the card see this is a reason why you know maybe i'll consider doing these on video um because I did consider it and then I was like, no, maybe just audio. But I think y'all actually being able to see the artwork would help because even in this card uh, with the warrior of pipes, there like there aren't any pipes in terms of musical instrument. Like, I mean, he legit has uh, what looks to be some sort of a torch with fire. And, and so that's another reason why when I see these the pipes cards, um, I, I feel comfortable equating it to wands because also with interpreting the art, it makes sense. Anyway, okay, that was um, a long explanation. <laughs> um, but I'm sure y'all are with me. So anyway, Warrior of Pipes. That's going to be Knight of Wands. <laughs> so if we're thinking of fire energy, um, of passion and motivation, and then the night, and with that night energy, that's someone who's, you know, like, ready for battle and not even necessarily um, in, you know, being on the offense, but it's, it's just being a, being a protector kind of similar to that emperor energy. It's just that with the knight, it's a, it's from a bit of a different position. The emperor is more of kind of the visionary, the leader. They're not actually out there battling and fighting the war, but with the knight, like they're on the front lines <laughs> and they take pride in that. You know what I mean? So with seeing this Knight of uh, Pipes or, or this Warrior of Pipes slash Knight of Wands energy here with the Native American tarot, um, what this could indicate is that there there might be a Knight of Wands energy somewhere up in there. <laughs> That's just kind of, you know, part of the mix to consider. And maybe this Knight of Wands energy is what, you know, even for this emperor here, um, you know, even even still, there's the reverse six of pentacles and the reverse chariot. Yeah, it is interesting seeing this reverse chariot and then the warrior of pipes. It's almost I mean, these these are two cards that that in some ways sort of cancel each other out. And so that's why I'm saying this might be a whole separate energy up in here. This warrior of pipes. <laughs> um yeah, and again, this is all, you know, as it relates to the Queen of Cups energy um, that's here. But yeah, I think another thing that we could potentially, you know, take from this Warrior of Pipes card is that, you know, it's just the reality that um, 
maybe who I'm picking up on is feeling a little bit fired up, you know, for, for some sort of reason. Um, yeah, again, being in that night energy, you're not necessarily on the offense. There's just feeling fired up as far as the feeling the need to protect something, whether that's yourself uh, or others or like your environment situation, etc. But but yeah, that's what I'm getting so far from from this. Uh, this could be a separate energy or again, just another factor in, you know, all, all of this mix <laughs> that we got going on with the tarot so far. Uh, okay, so I'm going to shift into the Oracle now with the Sacred Destiny, and then we'll close out with the Angels and the Ancestors. taken a little bit <laughs> hmm maybe there's a delay in communication a little bit because of all the things that I was just talking about you know dang come on sacred destiny <laughs> there we go oh okay all right, so we have one card that kind of like finally gently came out and it is, oh, it's the happiness card. Okay. Hmm. You know, with this card coming out right after the Warrior of Pipes, I almost, you know, see this as like a pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And maybe this is just solidifying that's the reality of, of what's going on. Like there's some sort of, you know, pursuit of happiness, whoever I'm picking up on, like you're, you're there, you know, you're on your way there, but there might still be something here that's slowing you down a little bit or making you feel for some reason, like you don't have enough when, when you already do like <laughs> everything that we need, we already got, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think sometimes we all need that reminder and, and maybe that's what this reading is you know from spirit <laughs> for whoever's feeling this it's like you're as far as you know really charging forward in that warrior of pipes energy toward what you feel would be your happiness I mean <laughs> soul fulfillment <laughs> like the episode um success yeah whatever that means for you you're you're pursuing it and you're on the way there but yeah, maybe there's still a, a mindset shift with this Ace of Swords, you know, the opportunity, or, or maybe you're, you're there. Maybe what's happening is that you're going through it. And this is just kind of, you know, drawing out for us what that process is looking like for you or, or whoever you're tapping into. Uh, if this doesn't resonate for you, but you're getting perspective into what someone else is experiencing, I think this could also be taken as a de describing the mindset shift that either is currently taking place for either this emperor or the queen of cups <laughs> or, or perhaps what needs to take place. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To help with that two of cups of truly feeling emotionally balanced and, and stable. Yeah. Okay. Let's close out with the angels and the ancestors and then call it a day. 
Yeah, mindset shift past limiting beliefs. And you know what? Maybe with the warrior of pipes, maybe it, it really does. That's from the Native American tarot deck. That's spirit being like, you really do need to charge forward. Like you might be in this reverse chariot energy a little bit because of some limiting belief that could be that six of pentacles in reverse, however it resonates for you. But yeah, like it, it you can you can charge through that. Like you're like the it's ace of swords time right now. <laughs> So being in that warrior of pipes, AKA knight of wands, like, you know, whatever challenge that you're facing, it's almost like this is saying, you got this, <laughs> like you can push through it. You can push through those limiting beliefs in order to reach that, um, that soul fulfillment or that emotional fulfillment. Um, or we could say success, like the happiness card we see in the sacred destiny. Okay. It's interesting with these Oracle decks, they're not getting cards out for me as quickly as the tarot. So this, yeah, this is interesting. I, I almost take this as like, oof, these final messages are either like, you know, you got to do a little bit more work in order for them to be as like in your face, you know, like maybe it's, it's things that aren't like, like there's something that's not so obvious that might help overcome whatever challenge it might be presenting itself here. Oh, okay. All right. We have, ooh, okay. So the final card that we've got, sorry for the delay, I had to like flip it. <laughs> we have the Air Guardian, shift your perception. Hmm, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's literally what the Ace of Swords <laughs> is representing for us in this reading. So yeah, having the Air Guardian here, shift your perception mindset shift. Uh, that's pretty cool. And I think that's a really cool place for us to close out. This is a very, um, this has come up in the last few readings, just realistic. This is a very logical and realistic message where I think quite often in terms of limiting beliefs that hold us back. So <laughs> that might keep us in that reverse chariot energy, even though what we have within and and within and without. <laughs> so within us and also around us, there's the capability of being in that emperor energy, of being that queen of cups. And I mentioned before that it could be, you know, individuals, or maybe this is one person who's embodying these different aspects of themselves. And what we're seeing here with this spread is kind of the process of working through it. But yeah, whatever is, is kind of holding back from moving further on something, some sort of decision that is that has to do with emotions and and relationships, which is what I'm getting with the with these two of cups, like either making a choice or balancing something. Um, what's holding back and I think really moving forward is something that has to do with pentacles and not feeling like everything is kind of harmonious there. Yeah. <laughs> but that might be something that, you know, whoever I'm picking up on it, you're, they're using that to hold themselves back, which is why there's this warrior of pipes. That's like, okay, <laughs> like, like you can push through it. Like, like use that fire you've got within you to overcome this challenge and really shift your perception and your perspective in order to get to that happiness 
piece. Uh, it's actually, you know, going through all this together, this does tie in quite nicely with the episode because what was mentioned is sometimes we're doing things where we think that that's our trajectory to success, but that's why we got to pause and evaluate like, oh, is this really what is fulfilling me? Uh, success is fulfillment. It's not about things. <laughs> it, it's not about the accolades. It's like at the end of the day, do you feel fulfilled with what you're doing? And are other people, you know, able to be nourished um, in, in some way, shape or form, you know, by what it is that you're putting out there into the world? How are you sharing your gifts? Because ultimately, that's what leads to the collective <laughs> Ace of Swords and Air Guardian, that collective shift in perception and, and mindset shift for the greater good. Um, yeah, yeah, the happier folks are, the, the higher the vibration. Okay, I'm gonna stop here because <laughs> I could keep going, but I, I hope that this was helpful to whoever needed to hear it. And if none of this resonated for you, that's okay just means that this reading um, wasn't for you. Maybe the next one will be for you, or perhaps with this reading, it gave you a little bit of a peek into what someone you know is experiencing. Um, yeah, know whatever you got going on, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I definitely um, got some energy from this reading where, you know, who I'm picking up on, it's like, you're steady, you know, you got this. <laughs> you got everything that you need. But, you know, even with that being said, there, we all have, you know, certain challenges, kind of internal battles that we work through. Um, but but it is possible to, to overcome them. It's possible to overcome the limiting beliefs. Uh, yeah, you got this. Okay. I hope everyone out there has a great week and beyond. Hang in there. It's going to be all right. And we'll talk soon.